Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, when a friend owes you money, when banter in a relationship goes too far, adapting to a high-pressure promotion, and how to get your social life back after a divorce. Our first question this week. Dear Viv, about six months ago, a friend invited me to a gig. We both love the band and I said yes straight away, even though the gig wasn't until July. Come July, I realised I double booked myself with a family wedding the same day. I was gutted about the gig, but clearly had to go to the wedding. When I told my friend, she was really upset as she'd been excited about going with me and said she didn't think any of her other friends liked the band. She ended up going with her boyfriend in the end. The problem is, I'd already transferred my share of the ticket money for it. £60, so not an insubstantial amount. I didn't say anything at the time about her transferring it back, but I assumed she would. Of course, two months on, she still hasn't transferred the money and hasn't mentioned it at all. She's still a bit touchy about the whole thing, so I'm quite reluctant to bring it up. But at the same time, I do need that money back. To some extent, I think she thought because I bailed on her, I was giving her my ticket for free. What do you think? Oh, awkward. Uh, Except it isn't really awkward at all. It's simple. You just need to ask for the money. It doesn't really matter whether your friend has interpreted that the ticket is for free, whether she's punishing you by making you pay, or whether she's simply forgotten or let it slip her mind which I think is probably the most likely option. The fact is, you need to ask for the money. (laughs) Just send her a message or call her and say, are you okay to transfer that £60 to my account? Do you have my details? Ask her at the same time whether she wants to do something nice with you or add in some questions about her life. Basically, just ask for the money, make it easy for her to pay you and resume your friendship as normal. Yes, there has been awkwardness here and you are both right. You were right to go to your family wedding and she was right to be disappointed that you couldn't come to the gig with her. Now it's time to put that behind you and get on with your life. 
At some point, this band will do another gig and you can both go together. So get the money and move on. This doesn't have to be as awkward as you think. And in six months' time, you'll be having a laugh with her about how you were worried that she wouldn't pay you for the ticket. Our next question. Dear Viv, me and my boyfriend have always been the kind of couple where taking the piss out of each other is hilarious and taken as a bit of a laugh rather than taken personally. But lately, it seems to have been getting a bit more sharp than usual. I've put on a few pounds since starting a new job and let's just say he's noticed. He's constantly making fun of my pot belly and double chin. Once upon a time, it would have been funny, but something about the frequency of the comments and the regularity with which he says them, anytime he sees me naked, for example, what a turn on. Well, it's really getting me down. I've said to him that I'm feeling self-conscious about it and explained that I'd rather he didn't make so many comments, but he hasn't stopped. It's like making fun of each other is hardwired into the way we interact. Apart from I know when to stop and he doesn't. I know the right course of action is to tell him how I feel when he says these things, but I already have and nothing has changed. He apologises, but he'll do it again regardless. I'd be grateful for any advice. Hello, beautiful lady. I'm just reminding you of your beauty here because a few pounds here or there is just not a thing. But oh, what to do here? I can feel from your letter that you're feeling guilty and conflicted because you feel complicit in this situation. You've tolerated this banter for quite a long time and it's become part of your relationship. I wonder if you're starting to wonder if the relationship exists without the banter. As you say, it's like making fun of each other is hardwired into the way we interact. But the thing is, it isn't, is it? And you've asked him to stop. This is the bit that worries me. Not that this happened in the first place. Relationships have all kinds of ways of surviving and we all fall into strange habits that we're embarrassed to admit to other people. But the fact is, you specifically asked him to stop and he hasn't. I wonder if he really heard you or he really understands what you mean. So before you get too stressed about this, I think you need to give him one more chance. The next time he breaks the rule that you set. Say, hang on a minute, I told you to stop with those kind of comments. Did you forget? If he laughs and says, what are you worried about? Explain to him why you're serious. If he still does it after that, then there is a problem. And it's not about the banter, it's about him not respecting your feelings. You need to make it clear that it's not okay to do something, be told not to, apologise and then keep on doing it. If that continues, it is veering into bullying and you need to call him on it. If still nothing changes, and you won't want to hear this, you need to be prepared to walk away. I'm serious about this. We all fall into name-calling and being silly. But as soon as the other person says, I'm not okay with this anymore, in a good relationship, that name-calling and silliness will just stop. So this isn't about whether you can take a joke or not. It's really about whether you have a proper relationship or not. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and your feelings, but give him a chance to really hear you and register what you're saying and how serious you are about it. All the best. Our next question this week. 
Dear Viv, I've been promoted and I'm feeling overwhelmed by the responsibility being offloaded onto me by my boss. I'm a perfectionist, so will always strive to deliver, but I need to be able to push back on my boss. How do I do this without looking like I'm not fit for my job? Oh, dear perfectionist, welcome to my world. Well, welcome to the world of many women. Not that I want to get all gender politics about this, but this is such a common problem for women, I think, this kind of perfectionism. There's a lot to unpick in this very short question. Uh, I don't have that much information about your situation. I wonder whether the best thing, and I would advise this to anyone, including myself, uh, to do first here would be to get yourself some neutral support so you can talk through how you're going to deal with this. Do you have a mentor at work or someone outside work in a similar role? Do you have a friend who understands your industry, someone who'll really listen? These would all be good people to speak to to formulate a plan of action here. And you do need a plan of action. What are you going to do to be less perfectionist? How can you know that you're doing the minimum of what's required of you and still feel good about it? How can you find a way to show your boss that you're capable, but sometimes you still need help? Be kind to yourself here. You may be very capable and you may deserve this promotion and be able to do a great job. But I also want to bear in mind here that your company may be trying to get you to do the job of two or even three people to save money. I see this happening a lot nowadays. It's not even a criticism of any particular companies. It's just a reality of today's work world. I see lots of young people doing jobs that previously would have been done by several people. We're all expected to work longer and harder and often for less money. The key to surviving and thriving in this environment is to set your own personal boundaries and not be too vocal about moaning uh, if you want to stay in this company. (laughs) Know what you need to do to do a good job and know how to ask for help and whether it's realistic to get it. But also know your limits. In some work situations, someone will be trying to overload you in order to make their own life easier or in order to cut corners. That might be solvable in some work environments. In others, it will mean the best thing to do is get through it as best you can whilst looking for another job. So remain open-minded and curious about the situation you're in. Talk to others with more experience about what they would do in this situation. Do more research on your boss about whether you can trust him or her and try to figure out whether it's realistic to ask for their help. It might take you a while to figure all this out, so be patient. And remember, none of this is personal to you. It's just what happens in work situations. Meanwhile, do some work on your perfectionist side as it's not going to do you any favours in terms of your mental health. At work, it will allow people to take advantage of you as well. Make sure you're developing lots of interests and opportunities for fun and relaxation outside work. So you remind yourself that as a person, you're more than a promotion and you're more than just this job. Our last question this week. Dear Viv, I've been divorced for two years now, but still haven't been able to reclaim my social life from before I was married. On top of that, I spend every night on social media enviously scrolling through other people's accounts of their perfect lives. How do I A, stop obsessing over other people's lives and start focusing on my own? 
and B, reclaim my old social life and reconnect with old friends without sounding needy. Oh, God bless you, divorce survivor. So many of us are spending our lives enviously scrolling through other people's accounts of their lives and we don't even have the excuse of being recently divorced. So please don't think you're alone here. Everyone is struggling with loneliness, fragmented social lives and the pressure and strain of social media. It's especially hard if you've come out of a relationship and are feeling vulnerable. Let's separate out both your problems, although I do think they both have the same answer. How do you stop obsessing over social media and how do you reclaim your social life? In the words of Shia LaBeouf, just do it. (laughs) I'll explain that separately, though. How to stop the scrolling of the social media. Stop the scrolling. Make a promise to yourself that you will not use social media for a day or two days or a week Use one of the blocker apps like Freedom to keep it off your computer. Delete these apps from your phone. Change your passwords to something you can't remember and give the new passwords to a friend to look after for a week. Do something. You have become dependent, I think, on a toxic habit and you need to break it. But in order to be able to do that, you have to really want to do it and you have to be prepared to take drastic steps. Trust me, though, if you just have two days away from social media, you'll be amazed at how differently you'll feel. After that, you can find a better way of managing it. Find the mute button for people on Twitter and Facebook. Delete some friends who annoy you. Take charge. This is about your mental health. Do whatever you need to do to move on and be ruthless with yourself. As to the second question, how to reconnect, just reconnect. Who cares whether you sound needy? You are needy. You need your social life back. There's no shame in that. Don't get hung up on how others judge you. Just ask them openly and freely for a night out. Do something low pressure to get into it slowly. It's not like you have to ask one of your friends to throw a party for you. Go to the cinema with someone you haven't seen for a while. Ask a couple of friends out for drinks. Make a list of five things you could do. Give yourself a half hour deadline and force yourself to do it make those calls, send those messages. Once it's done, it's done. I think you've just got into the habit of not taking action to change your circumstances. So stop thinking about things so much and take action. Do things, whether it's phoning a friend to talk or arranging a shopping trip or booking a holiday, ideally a digital detox. You can do this thing, but you have to do this thing. No one's going to do it for you and you won't do it by thinking about it and scrolling through social media whilst making yourself feel worse about life. It's something that has never helped anybody. So get offline and just go out there and get your life back. You can do it. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.